Hello, welcome back to Talking Dogs. I'm Graham Hall, but we know each other pretty well at this point, so you can call me the Dogfather if you like, or Graham, whichever, or that Dogfella off the telly. That's what I usually get when I pull up at a petrol pump. Um, over the last 10 years, I've helped train hundreds of dogs, from Chihuahuas to French Bulldogs, from Great Danes to St. Bernard's, and you might have caught me doing just that on television's dogs behaving very badly. Well, now I'm here on this podcast too. Talking Dogs is the place where I can share my advice and experience with you directly because I can't even begin to tell you how full my email inbox gets with concerned dog owners asking great questions uh, and I like to do my very best to help answer as many questions as I possibly can. So, great to have you with me. Let's get started with today's training. Okay, I hope you've come prepared to take notes this week because today's session is a really important one. It's all about recall, getting your dog to run back. Do you know, this is probably the issue I get the most questions about and it's probably one of the most difficult things to get reliably. So I hope that helps you if, uh, if, if you're struggling with this kind of problem, you're not on your own. Now, secondly, I think it shows that it really does have to be trained into a dog. You've got to be consistent. It is hard work and you're just going to keep at it and keep at it. This is not a magic wand overnight job. I want to start today with Elaine and her German Shepherd. Hi, I've got a nine month old German Shepherd, um, which has got no recall skills whatsoever. I've taken her to training classes, etc. And I've tried everything with a long lead. But yesterday I went out the gate and I didn't realise she had followed me out and I could not get her back. She was running in the road, the cars were stopping, everybody was trying to help me get her back. She was running across gardens, it was just utter chaos and I just could not get her back. Um, my husband opened the front door about two months ago and she got out and we could not get her back. She was running around the fields, in the roads and I just don't know what to do. I'm desperate for some help, please, if you could give that to me. Lovely. Well, not lovely for you, Elaine, obviously, or the drivers down the road, but lovely for me because the way you've described that is really clear. So I'll tell you what, let's go right back to the beginning. Let's call this Recall 101. What do we mean by recall? Well, it, it's basically getting your dog to come back to you. So I think we're talking about two problems in your case. So the first one is that she bolts from the door when she shouldn't, problem number one. Problem number two, once she's out there running around with the traffic, she will not come back. So today, let's talk about the second problem first. And then perhaps in another episode, I think I'd like to talk about bolting either away from a door or out the back of your car as a sort of separate thing. Because if you think about it, they're kind of two things. One is a dog running away when they shouldn't. And then the other problem is the dog not running back when they should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about recall. Well, you might well think, you know, well, you know, why do I need a reliable recall? It is hard work after all. Well, um, because sooner or later your dog is going to be off lead. And let's be honest, dogs do like to run. So it's important that if you are going to let them off the lead, that they will come back when you call them um, for their own benefit. They don't understand really the highway code. I sometimes wonder if many road users do, <laughs> but that's a whole different podcast, right? And for other people as well, not everybody's a dog lover, particularly when you've got a dog like a German Shepherd, you know, running around, you're going to frighten the life out of some people. So they've got to be coming back when you call them and see that as good fun. Now, there's a the thing. If you stood there and your tone of voice, and this is men are more guilty of this than women, right? If you stood there going, oi, 
come here. Nothing about that is creating a situation where the dog's going to want to come to you willingly, right? So let's start with that. You need a clear, consistent command, right? Clear and consistent. So I always use the dog's name and then something like come or here. Personally, come is the one I do. It just comes naturally to me. But I'm not too bothered what your command word is, so long as it's something that you're going to stick to every time, right? So if you prefer to say here, that's absolutely fine. If you want to say, come here, I'm okay with that. Two syllables is okay. But whatever it is, that's it. Stick to it. So dog's name and then the word. Here's a little tip for you. Put a gap in between the two. The tiniest little pause, right? I'm going to step away from your microphone here. So... This will be, for example, my dog, right? So, Lily, come! Right, now what you got there is Lily's name, and you'd have probably heard that the other side of a field, right? <laughs> Slight gap where her brain goes, oh, that's me, right? <laughs> come, oh, I know, run back and get a treat, in her case, yeah? That little gap just gives the brain a bit of time to process. You split the two things. You, girl, <laughs> come here, right? So that's how it works. Notice as well how that, tone of voice is quite bright and happy but it doesn't sound negotiable either that's the trick so we don't want it to sound like please will you come but you probably won't you know lily come you know lily come here uh, no chance right and i don't want to sound like that angry man either you know lily come here so it's lily come you know you yay almost you know quite there's a tiny bit of excitement there so Let's talk about excitement. You hear me talk about calmness all the time because most dog behaviour problems are too much excitement at the wrong time. And the antidote to that is to stay calmer, keep your dog calmer, and we can all think straight, right? But when it comes to things like recall, actually you want a bit of excitement because it's an excited behaviour. So we want the dog to run back really quickly. If she came back like a little rocket, that would be just fabulous. So we don't want to slow her down. We don't want her too calm for that. So the tone of voice in the command and the praise when she's doing it right wants to be excited. Here's my little golden rule. If it's a calm behaviour that you're looking to reward, reward it calmly. And you know what I'm going to say. If it's an excited behaviour and recall is right at the top of that list, praise it excitedly. Okay. What else might we want to do to get the dog to come back? Well, yeah, you can't beat a treat for this. And again, I don't use treats for lots and lots of things. But for most dogs on recall, and particularly certain breeds like Labradors, for example, Lily's half lab, she's half boxer as well, you can use a treat. But small amounts at a time. I want her to run back and just go, oh, that was good, but where's the next one coming from? Yeah, well, in a minute when I call you back again. With Lily, potentially, I could use toys or I could use treats. She's Because she's a boxer, she loves to play. Because she's sort of a Labrador, she loves to eat. <laughs> so that's great, isn't it? The thing with toys is, the potential is that, you know, come, and she comes back, and she loves a ball. So I chuck a ball. If I chuck a ball, she goes, thank you very much, and she's off again. I've lost my ball now, and I've lost my ability to get about, or I've at least lost the ability to reward her. So it's a bit messy, because I've then got to get her back just to get the toy off her to do it all over again. You know, all right, yeah, you could have a couple of balls in your pockets, but there's a limit, right? Whereas treats, it's just nice and easy and gone. However, some dogs... Not that bothered about treats, particularly when they're outside, but they do like a ball. So spaniels, for example, very often they're very toy-driven rather than food. So uh, here's a little tip. Again, if you're going to use a ball, 
if the dog's barreling towards you at speed and you go, yeah, good boy, and boom, and you fling the ball away from you, I'm, here's a little thing. What's in your mind right now? As I say fling the, the ball away from you, I bet you're imagining throwing that ball towards the dog and past the dog. Yeah? What you should do, I'm going to suggest, is throw the ball behind you. Why is that? If you throw the ball towards the dog, you slow the dog down. So instead of coming all the way up towards you really quickly, she's like, well, I'm, if I get halfway, there's not much point speeding up because he'll only throw that ball towards me every time and behind me. So um, it slows your dog down on a recall. So if you're going to use a ball, it's, you know, Lily, come, she comes, throw it behind you, even between your legs, right? Because it creates this, I've got to get there really quickly because that's going beyond dad. It's just a little thought. When you start to do recall training, you don't want to do it with lots of distractions. So I, I wouldn't take a, you know a puppy out to a park where there's a thousand things going on. You know the smell of the the grass in spring, that dog over there. There's a cat on a fence. There's you know you name it, squirrels, pigeons. You know, I'd be in the back garden, uh, nice and boring to start with. You know, and particularly since I've mentioned puppies, let's talk about that with a little puppy. Purely positive. Right. If they don't come back, well, OK, you've blown it. You missed out on the treat. You know, if you are using little treats, it's important not to overfeed them. So make sure it comes out of their daily routine, you know, their daily allowance. But do it when they're hungry. There's no point giving them their full breakfast, then taking them out half an hour later and trying to force feed them a bit more food, is it? Now, Elaine, let's go back to your query in particular. So you said you've tried everything uh, with, a, with a long lead, right? Let's go back to basics with that. And let me talk about how to use a long lead to successfully train recall. And I think hopefully you might pick up a, a couple of extra tips from this, Elaine. The biggest problem with a long lead is that people get tied up with them. Let me explain what I mean, by the way. I'm not talking about the retractable leads that are spring-loaded. I'm talking about a really long line, typically about 10 metres long. If you're familiar with horse training, you know when you see them with a lunge line, the horse is trotting around in a circle, it's a similar thing to that. But the dog ones are a lot lighter weight, which is quite important. The ones I like in particular are a cotton canvas type, not nylon. The nylon ones, particularly for ladies, if a dog, a big dog, starts to run and you try and stop that line, you're going to get a rope burn really easily. So the, the cotton ones are good. So that long line isn't there just to hold the dog back at a distance. It's effectively there for you to be able to send a little signal to the dog. So between you and the dog... The long line shouldn't be all over the floor, because if it's over the floor, that's when they step over it and get tied up. That's when you get in a real old mess. There'll be a bit of a belly to the line, if you know what I mean, but between you and the dog, it's not actually on the ground. The opposite of that is it's tight all the time. Now, the problem with that is that, yeah, you may well get your dog to come back every time with a long line on, but the day you take it off, it feels different. Because the dog goes, well, I can't feel that tension. There's no long line. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm off ski. And off they go. Because they're not stupid. But if you're training them and it feels like there's no line there, pretty much, because there's no tension to it, and it's not heavy like the horse ones, but it's not on the floor either, the dog goes, well, this feels like I'm off lead. So we're actually training in conditions where we're imitating what it feels like to be properly off lead. Then what do you do with the long line? Well, if you call your dog, one of two things is going to happen, right? So as soon as you go, let's say Fido, right? Fido, come, right? Fido's brain goes, all right, shall I come back or not? 
They either go, yeah, 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 I'll come back as a trait. Great. All the things I said before apply. So you can be as daft as you like. Men, by the way, do a girly voice. This is where you are allowed to be a bit silly. You know, yay, good girl, woo. You know, go a bit mad. There's nothing worse than a dog running back really excitedly to a man and a man going, yeah, good lad. <laughs> Just kills it, you know. So all of that applies. However, if your dog doesn't come back, right, dog takes the other choice, which is, mm, nah, what are you going to do, right? Give them a little flick on the collar. Now, it's not enough to hurt them. We're not trying to hurt them. And we're not trying to drag them back either. It's simply a remote control device that's almost like giving them a tap on a shoulder. <laughs> that's basically, hey, you. And it's a nuisance is what you're after. So what you do is you go, Fido, come. No, he's not coming. Flick, right? Still not coming. Try again. Fido, come. The game's back on. Will he come or not? He's not coming. Flick. Fido come. Notice the tone is pretty much the same. We're not getting frustrated, right? This time he goes, oh, for goodness sake, I'll run back. And then we go into, yay, good boy mode, right? The worst thing you can do with recall is that the dog's not coming back. We're getting more and more angry. You know, Oi, come here, come here, right? I wrote about this in my book. And then the dog finally comes back. And just when we ought to be rewarding him for finally coming back, we're so wrapped up in our own emotions that we go, you, you bad boy. And he gets told off for coming back. So the next time he's out there, next day, and you call him, his little brain starts to go, oh, God, he's calling me. This is when he starts to get angry. And I'm, I'm stuck because if I stay out here, he shouts at me. And if I run back to him, he shouts at me. This is horrible. Yeah. So the signals have got to be nice and clear and you take your emotion out of it. If he comes back, then you go into your silly mode. Yeah, 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 loads of reward stuff. If they don't come back, nice and flat, but, you know, no, you know, flick, try again, try again. And it's a case of keeping it up, keeping it up. If there's one thing in dog training that I think takes the most repeats, for most dogs, it's recall. It's hard work, but you'll never get there unless you're doing the right thing. Something that I've talked about before on this podcast is that, well, practice doesn't always make perfect. <laughs> now, if you heard that particular episode, you know exactly what I mean. And if you haven't, that might come as a bit of a surprise. So very briefly, uh, it's this. If you're practicing the wrong thing every time and doing it again and again and again, clearly that's not going to make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So you've got to get the signals right and the long lead can really help you in terms of recall. If you're doing the right thing, do it again and again and again. And then practice that's perfect will make perfect. Belinda sent me an email about her 13-month-old golden doodle, Bentley. Now, she says recall is okay at home and in the garden. So it sounds like you've done a good job there. All those basics uh, that I've just been talking about she says as soon as she's out and about and there are other people or dogs around, that's when he won't listen. So I've tried a long training lead. He's so strong, he nearly pulls me over. So I've stopped letting him off the lead, which is a shame because he needs to run. He's got so much energy. I've tried his favourite treats, but out of the house, he's not bothered with food. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? So Golden Doodle, Golden Retriever, Poodle Cross. Uh, retrievers are pretty good with food. Poodles often aren't. So probably really distracted out and about. Now, without knowing Bentley and not knowing whether or not he's a kind of nervy dog outside, maybe... 
because that'll do it, by the way. If you've got a dog who's nervous and won't take uh, any food when they're out and about. I just think dogs... <laughs> you really need to be getting them off lead when you can so it is a shame you're right i agree um that you've you've sort of fallen into this way of not letting him off sounds to me belinda as though the problem you might have is that everything's just way too distracting uh, for bentley at the moment and the places that you're going to um your start point is is too exciting if that if that makes sense, too many distractions to get any sense out of him. So one thing that you can do, and it'll give him a chance to run around as well, is you can hire a field in loads of places now around the country. And uh, this this sort of phenomenon's popped up in the last two, three years, it seems to me, where there are websites where you can search for dog fields near you. That kind of search term would find it. And, you know, for like a tenner or thereabouts, um, you can pop out to uh, uh, to a field and, uh, and, and have a practice. Usually they're fairly boring, but in a good way. <laughs> you know, it's just a field somewhere. You've got it for your own use. You're paying for it. And so you can bed in the basics of recall. And then once you've finished doing a bit of training, you can let them have a run around anyway and have a bit of fun. So if the local area is just too distracting, maybe you can hire a field. quick one to finish because I really like this question and I'm sure a lot of people wonder about this especially when they've just rescued a dog. Now Simone emailed to say we've got our miniature poodle puppy at 12 weeks old. She's now 14 weeks. The breeder was going to call her Goldie because she was going to keep her but we've changed her name to Rosie. How can we get her to listen and come to her new name? Well it's, it's dead easy really. I think in your case um, it's quite interesting. So we, we, we swapped Goldie for Rosie the two things don't sound dissimilar, do they? If you think in terms of sounds rather than the spelling of it, you know, Goldie, Rosie, it's kind of in the same ballpark, isn't it? So I don't think you're a million miles away. But the thing to do is to make a positive association with the name. Simply, to start with, don't even think about recall. Just have a couple of little treats with you, right? Hold a treat out. As you feed her a treat, you go, you go, Rosie, new name, yeah? Rosie. Yeah, good girl. Rosie, she's going, Rosie, this is good. Every time I hear Rosie, I get a treat. And then, maybe tomorrow, you distance yourself. Doesn't have to be much. Six inches will do you. Treat six inches away. You go, Rosie, and she goes, boom, I'll have that. Rosie, boom, I'll have that. So it's like you've got to come forward to get it now. But all the time, she's associating her name, Rosie, with a treat. It really is that simple, and I don't think you need to complicate it. It's a funny old thing about names, um, because my name, of course, is Graham, and I was born with that name, and it's the name I've always been called. But I do have another name, my first name. Graham's my middle name. Right. So when I go to official things, so for example, down the doctor's surgery, something like that, you know, let's say my first name's Fred. It's not, actually. But the person would come out and go, uh, Fred Hall... And I go, oh, cracky, that's me. <laughs> so, it's taken me 50 years, really, to get the hang of my other name because there's never been any re reward for it. It happens very rarely. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's me, isn't it? Now, you see, if they'd trained me when I was little to go... Fred Hall and fed me a custard cream. Fred Hall, custard cream. I'd be answering to that all the time. <laughs> the
the subject of recall, I think, is one that really splits people. You know, I think it's kind of the nature of social media these days that it tends to sort of split people into camps, you know. Um, and on this one, we've kind of got the dogs need to be allowed to run, so I'm going to let me dog run off and do whatever, camp. And then we've got dogs need to have 120% perfect recall or they should never be let off the lead, camp, you know. And I think, really, there's a bit of merit in both of those things, but I'm kind of like a lot of things in life. I'm somewhere in the middle. It is true that dogs, and some breeds more than others, really need a runaround. If you've got a border collie, they probably need a lot more of a runaround, because they're all in individual right than the average pomeradian let's say but it's also true that actually if you can't get your dog back and they're going to get themselves knocked down or going to bother people that actually don't want to play with them it seems irresponsible to be letting your dog off in a public place where they can get into trouble so i just think wrapping this one up I think we've all got a responsibility to train our dogs to recall. It ain't easy. The stuff you can do, hence all of my tips. But yeah, come on, let's have a bit of um, a, a bit of tolerance. You know, dogs aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. And now and again, a dog's not going to come back. It's not what you're aiming for. But let's just be kind to each other. Well, there you go. That's it for today. Um, if you're still with me, well done. And you've got a cheeky little dog you need a bit of help with, or a cheeky big dog you need some help with, why not send me an email or a voice note? You can get in touch at talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. I'd love to be answering your questions soon. Just as I hope your dog comes eagerly running back to you at the park, I hope you come running back here next week for our advanced recall training session. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified as soon as that episode is available. Until then, look after yourself, your loved ones, and of course, your dogs. Bye for now. Hold up. 